Hey guys, Chris here. Just wanted to give a little bit of a trigger warning for today's episode. Since we do talk about lust murder, we do talk about serial killers in today's episode and some of the murders that were committed. So I uh, just wanted to give a heads up for that. Also, would like to apologize. We have some audio issues on this episode uh, because we are currently in the middle of moving. So it's not the best quality, but it was what we could salvage from the episode. Uh, thanks for listening, and here you go. I'm hardcore, but I'm not that hardcore. I'm pretty hardcore, but I'm not that hardcore. Hello and welcome to KinkCast. It's a podcast about kinks and sexual fetishes. You can't. Um, what? What did I do wrong this time? I didn't look the right way. I'm not close enough to Mike. You disappeared. <laughs> Hello, welcome to KinkCast. It's a podcast about kinks and sexual fetishes yes. from a sex-positive viewpoint. We are not here to make fun of anyone. We are even here to defend folks. In my many travels through the last few months, as I've gone through most of the parts of Europe and the scary parts of Middle Europe and then the safe parts of the Middle East and then the scary parts of the Middle East. I've uh, I've discovered that uh, bronies are the way. Oh, bronies They're everywhere. Are... Do you, they, we think of it as a United States phenomena, but they're, they're everywhere. And they live in rural areas too. Like, you know, even in, dead in like some of the really shitty places in Iraq. I've got little... I believe it. Sand scorpion furry. <laughs> Welcome to KidCast. I'm back. It's good to what, be back. Sc- what? Sand scorpion furry? Furries, yeah. That's scaly. Uh, I gotta disagree you. With also you. said bronies, and now you're talking on furries. Oh, god damn it. I confused the two. It's been that long. <laughs> You've uh, been so involved in your research that like all the stuff that seems like pretty yeah, easy like, I, becomes enmeshed. I understand that the narrative is that I've been traveling the world researching kinks and fetishes, and the case is definitely not that I started new medication that uh, chemically castrated me, and I cannot get out of bed. That's not what's been happening at all, though. We okay. are here to talk about all right. uh, what's the topic for New fetish, episode? as we always do. Uh, the today's fetish is it a fetish? It's it's kind of it's, it's considered a fetish because um, it's literally called algamatophilia. Let me double check that. Put that on your uh, your Jeopardy board. Today's or spell episode. that for yeah. me. Uh, sorry, it's not. <laughs> that was last time's. What's algamatophilia? Um, okay, so algamatophilia? Pump it's the brakes. Not, what is not. that? We are talking. But I want to know what that is. This is episode so 92. Know. We are talking about erontophonophilia, which is technically a fetish. It's a fetish for lust murder. Yeah. What fun. So. We're finally doing serial killers. Yeah. We finally came this far and I returned for serial killers. For Mm -hmm. serial killers. It's the only way we could get you back. (laughs) It's not like I didn't know that coming in. Uh, You know my love of serial... Well, really, serial killers are more like, you know, in high school, I loved the Beatles. Yeah. Like, now I really couldn't give a shit, but I'm filled with useless Beatle information because that used to be me. Kind of that way about serial killers now. I've turned the corner and realizing that, you know, they have no business being discussed or celebrated because they're just pieces of shit. But that was not the case when I was ages like 17 through 22. Mm -hmm. And I ate that shit up. 
Well, and that explains, like, I mean, there's a lot of people that are really interested in what drives someone to uh, commit a crime like lust murder. And I think that that comes into the popularity of Serial and a bunch of other podcasts. Psychopathy. My favorite murder. Yeah. Psychopathy. Yeah. And that's something that I think that would be a great topic of discussion for today, even though we can preemptively say this is a five, this is a six. Like, this is definitely not something that we encourage or condone on the show, but it is interesting to talk about. It is interesting to break down the intersection of violence where it meets sexuality, as Mm -hmm. that is a huge part of BDSM, which is kind of the core of what all kinks are. Mm -hmm. But it's that taking that next level of where that meets consent. And obviously, murder is never consensual. Right. Except for, like, those weird few cases. And we did have an episode on... Auto erotic death or whatever. Auto assassinophilia. That, that was episode one. 42. Yep. Uh, where people were attempting to consent, consent to being murdered. Yeah, but, I mean, they would it's... put themselves in a dangerous position um, where they might be threatened, well, where their w- life might be Wasn't in there uh, one individual who uh, literally was murdered and yes. was like signed a paper saying that they wanted this and all that? Yes, exactly. But let's so, let's start the discussion out on the opposite side of people who wish to be victims of lust murder. Because right. that's not an actual, that's not what we're discussing today. No. That's just kind of a footnote that's a good int- entryway. Right. In. But uh, it establishes not having a fundamental understanding of the difference between life and death. Right. And I mean, you you watch those uh, those horror movie documentaries that talk about the people who are like sexually attracted to Pinhead and Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And they like are turned on by the idea of getting murdered by these guys. Yeah. It's a fantasy. And the people who don't recognize that it's just a fantasy, kind of like those uh, the typically women. I, I don't think there's many male examples of, mm-hmm. of the women who would show up to like uh, uh, Ted Bundy uh, trials and, and similar cases like the Night Stalker. These, oh, these yeah, women show every, up. Almost every serial killer has uh, the groupies. Yeah. And, and the, the serial killer groupies are just like fawning at the idea of him breaking into their house and killing them. Right. And it just establishes that they don't understand a difference between life and death. Well, it's also that they have this idea, a lot of them anyway, have an idea that they can uh, fix the person or that no one else sees the, the good that they see in that person. Yeah, and, I think it's... Because that was a very popular thing with uh, like Charles Manson where it's like, Oh no, he's actually super sweet, and no one gives him the chance. I think it's either or, but sometimes he's misunderstood. Both. Is there's like the, the I want him in my room, come to kill me, mm-hmm. but I also want to be protected by him. We we've discussed that phenomenon before, but uh, I would make the argument that people who actually go out and commit murders, for the most part, probably also lack that true understanding of mm-hmm. the difference between life and death. Right. I think that it's almost safe to assume that. To take another human being's life shows such a disrespect towards life itself. I don't think that there's ever a situation where it's okay to kill someone. Right. With the only exception to that being uh, like assisted suicide for terminally ill patients. Right. But, uh, you know, are we going to get into psychology? of? Uh, I, I don't think it's do that, that they don't understand. I just think that they don't care. I think it'd be either or on that. <clears throat> We're already like way. headlong into this discussion. And I think that that's awesome. But do we have a game? No. Are we just going to go no? over serial killers? We, we should at say... least introduce ourselves. Okay. My name is Christopher Morgan. And my favorite serial killer? That's probably, probably you know what? Saying the term my favorite serial killer doesn't sound that fucked up. But saying my favorite school shooter sounds incredibly fucked up. <laughs> oh, but there's no difference there. 
Also, in my opinion, there's, there's no difference between my favorite serial killer, my favorite school shooter, and my favorite United States president, because they're all fucking killers. Thank you. Dropping my fucking mic. <laughs> Put a moratorium on that. He didn't say a specific president. Uh, also, uh, it's the name of the most popular podcast, My Favorite Murderer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's, yeah. who's your favorite murderer? Uh, my favorite? I don't have one. I don't care about mine's this. barack obama Jesus. oh jeez! wow oh <laughs> uh, that's not a slight against uh, lefties that's just presidents <laughs> are murders that's all my point is do, uh, do we want to actually pick a, like a lust murderer i think we should i think we should pick um our favorite murderer does that not perpetuate introduce ourselves the harmful stereotype that, of like glorifying them yeah we don't want to glorify these assholes Okay, all right. I know, so you know what? I'll actually take mine as an opportunity to shit on mine. My favorite, to use that term, my name is Tommy, by the way. I've been gone. Now I'm back. Uh, my favorite serial killer, quote unquote, is Dennis Rader, because I hate him so fucking much. Who is he? BTK. BTK. Oh, he's the dude who worked at the church, and he had he looks like Stanley Tucci from Lovely Bones. Was he and, Was he a lo- uh, lust murderer? Mm, yeah, he was definitely jacking off while strangling women, and like uh, he was so binding, torturing, and killing them. Yeah, I wow. mean, he was he was the dude who would like slowly I, strangle women to death over the course of an hour, and then write a poetry, write a poem about her I dress. Think he, I think he did get off to that kind of stuff, definitely. Well, he was definitely a lustful killer. He wanted to kill people he was sexually attracted to. Because you can kind of see when he's talking to the victims families that he's getting off to it mm-hmm. Gross. there's a very famous you can watch him like say thank you to his victims families yeah you can watch oh his trial gosh. and he uh dennis Rader is like the way we feel about dennis Rader as a society is the way we should feel about all serial killers mm-hmm. because uh zach braff not zach braff the other zach galifianakis efron okay, yes zach playing Efron. ted bundy like it, that's glamorizing it. Like there's no there's no excuse to to be like putting these people on pedestals. They're all Dennis Rader. They're all half brained little nitwits who had boners for something shitty. They're they're lower on the to- totem pole than any weird kink than any bizarre lifestyle. These are fucking killers. Mm-hmm. These are killers who see people they want to jack off to, and they want to be have their hands around their neck, choking the life out of them. I, I I I've taken my turn to say my piece. Ooh, yeah. My favorite murder, or um, I don't know. I can never think of people's names. Albert Fish. He's so creepy and cool. Y'all What's that to, super tall guy? Y'all used to like spit these out like no problem. I mean, I can name like fifty. What's that oh. super tall guy? Oh, the bun. No, the Ed Kemper. Kemper. Yeah. Why Kemper? Ah, he he, back, he actually like assisted like the FBI to understand the yeah, mind of a serial killer. Yeah, he had some redeeming portion he of still, him. There's there's that uh, there's that clip of him talking about how he murdered a woman, mm-hmm. and he uh, he has no remorse whatsoever about mm-hmm. killing this woman, but he feels really embarrassed because he stabbed her in a naughty part, and he didn't mean to do that. Didn't he fuck his mom's? Throat? Yes, he yeah. did. You, uh, you get a window into this dude's fucking brain because yeah. you can hear him talking about oh. this, this girl he trapped in his car like a fucking spider web. And he's go- leaning in to stab her and he doesn't feel anything whatsoever. 
Then he stabs her in the boob by accident. And he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Jeez. Not that he stabbed her. Uh, that he stabbed mom, like boob. sexually abusive or something. People always grow out of some shit. That's just... Everyone has a shitty childhood. Yeah, but shitty childhood combined with like brain trauma. Let's get into abusive mothers will probably be a section of this episode. Yeah, sure. like Dana, who is your favorite murderer? I, I'm i with you guys. I'm not really like keen on saying like I have a favorite, but I will say um, Ted Bundy was the one with the VW bug, right? Was he the one that painted um, uh, clowns? No, that's the who clown. Was, who was the one who did that? It's uh, Gacy, isn't yeah, it? John, oh, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. He's the one that had the VW bug and that painted um, clowns. I've seen his bug. You've seen his bug. Yeah. That's I've exciting. Seen his bug. It was really weird. Uh, I had another point about serial killers I wanted to make. If the, I'll be allowed the floor real quick. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about modern times is uh, we usually deny victimhood to men, which is especially concerning, con- uh, concerning the fact that, what is it, like one in four boys are sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Wow, and, isn't that high? Uh, I, oh yeah, my it's, gosh. it's a lot of little boys. Yeah. It's something very high like that. And, and it's not trying to, I'm, I'm not being some red pillar like, I'm angry at feminism. It's just a weird aspect of society that we forget that men can be rape victims. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting side effects of that is there's this growing notion in society that like me and Chris and yourself, mm-hmm. we're not the first people to say, hey, let's stop glorifying serial killers. Let's start shitting on them. We're definitely not the only people doing that. But it feels like that's more and more happening to the killers of women and the killers of boys, even young boys, are still being celebrated as jokes and kind of cool. And so you look at the two biggest... Gacy's definitely not celebrated as cool. Gacy's still joked around about. Like after the fucking Zac Efron movie... It was like, Bundy was killing women. We can't joke around about that. But yeah. it still seems like it's appropriate to make fun of Gacy. And then uh, who was murdering young Filipino men? And eating them? Uh, turning them into fuck zombies? Uh, yes. Uh, 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 that, was it? Very handsome. Dahmer? You no, guys are Dahmer. my... Okay. That's the one that's on the screen right yeah, now. Yeah, Dahmer's right on the screen right now. Okay. Dahmer especially because he was, one, only killing homosexual adult men... And because they were people of color, it's, it feels like he's the most appropriate to like glorify, and he's been the least touched by this. Mm-hmm. I, I, had, I have very little backup evidence for this, but it's it's a hunch that I have. Well, and that's why I thought this would be a really good episode for us to all discuss, because this is something that continues to occur, especially within the U.S. Um, we're seeing, you know, kind of new... Um, uh, I don't know, like, I don't want to say there's glorification, but there's a lot of um, media time, a lot of media presence for people discussing um, serial killers, especially those that are involved um, in, in sex crimes. Well, it's I the mean, ultimate true crime. It's yeah. If, yeah. if you look at the obsession with true crime that grew out of the horrors of World War II mm-hmm. and then developed with the, like, violent tension in society in the 70s until it, like, popcorned out with 9-11... I mean, all true crime is, is the excitement of sex and death. Mm-hmm. If it was just death, then we'd be fascinated by people who fell into buses. If it was just sex, we'd be fascinated by affairs. Right. But no, true crime is the combination of sex and death, and the serial killer is the fucking eye hovering above that pyramid. Well, I think it's yeah. also, like, it's such an alien feeling for some of us, like, 
or for us, for people who aren't serial killers, like trying to understand and see why people do that kind of thing that is baffling to a normal human being and which makes them fascinating because they are utterly alien. They're sex and death. They are, they are utterly, utterly alien because they're taking the two greatest polarities in your life, the thing that is effectively life itself and then the opposite of life, death, and they're marrying the two against each other, which is why we make them mythical. Everything I just said is part of why the serial killer is glorified yeah. is by trying to put it up in the sense of that there's some sort of religious figure mm-hmm. or like what the fucking TV show Dexter does. Where, which while Dexter's not, there's no lust, he has no sexuality in it whatsoever, but still, Dexter is this, you know, the serial killer is almost a religious figure, like an angel, or like a walking grim reaper, and then they have this significance and this purpose. Mm-hmm. They fucking don't. Yeah. They fucking don't. Well, it's also, like, they're always portrayed as being extremely intelligent, and in most cases, they're not extremely intelligent, just no one cares to think like them, because why would you? Right. Well, and it's interesting to see that, you know, this a lot of times is, is um, a, a subject for, like, Lifetime um, channel movies and things well, like that. Yeah, because like, the overwhelming majority of uh, fans of true crime are uh, women. Are women. And the same thing goes with a lot of, like, true crime podcasts and things like that. So it's it's really interesting to see that, like, the, I don't know, the spread of you know, women as victim and then also women as like consumers of this material is kind of a interesting, I don't know, causes a a weird flux for me. I I don't understand it, but I've never been like a huge fan of. Give it a minute. We'll take a break. Give it a minute. We'll take a break. Give it a minute. We'll take a break, 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 break. Uh, so genuinely, we're going to frame this like a commercial, but I've actually never heard of this service before. Yes. So we're going to do the radio ad where one guy's never heard of a product and then the two friends excitedly tell them about it. Yeah. But it's 100% for real because I have no idea what this service is. Right. What is this service? So, Tommy, do you listen to podcasts? Uh, I listen to a few on loop. Yes. yes. Would Do you like getting paid? What are they asking me to do? You don't listen even have to, to. You don't even have to pay for with your soul. So I'm getting paid to listen to a podcast. Yes. yes, that's it. So someone is paying someone, some corporation out there, mm-hmm. like Movie Pass. Yes. Except instead of I, I'm not paying. A, this is, I'm not. It's already gonna get deleted. You no, no, compared no, no, it no, to no, a dead no, no, product. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> listen the fuck up. Do I? I pay a small amount of money. No, zero money. I pay no money, no and money. I listen to podcasts for free. Yes. Right. And then they pay me money for listening to the worst podcasts of all time. Yes. Yes. Or the best podcasts. It's really up to you. They have all kinds of podcasts. and They have all of the podcasts except those weird premium podcast services. What are the weird premium ones? Uh, Stitcher Premium. Or Patreon. Oh, fuck those. Well, some Patreon. Fuck those! (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, any podcast that you would want to listen to is on there because all the podcasts are on there as long as they're on like iTunes and that kind of okay, thing. Okay, so hold on. So on it's this Podcoin, the on, name of the product is Podcoin. On Podcoin, I can listen to the worst idea of all time. Yes, my favorite murderer. Yes, last podcast on the left yes. murderer. Uh, I don't even own a television. I, if that's a podcast, it is. Yes, or is my that dad just a wrote a porno. Uh, that terrible NPR podcast that's uh, about technology. It's like quirky technology stories. Car and, guys. And it's called something like 
snivels. I don't know. Yes, all of those podcasts and more. And in fact, if you would like to sign up today and use the promo code KINKCAST, that is capital K-I-N-K, capital C-A-S-T, you will get 300 bonus points when you sign up, which will put you well on your way to buying one of those weird gift cards that they sell. Yeah, you can get Amazon, Amazon. gift cards, you can get other Walmart. places am car- uh, gift cards, and you can even donate the coins that you get to a good cause. You can donate to charity instead. This sounds like a great product. It really is fantastic. I donate all my stuff to charity. Yeah, I've been using it for a couple months and I haven't donated to anything because I'm just hoarding. Yeah, my, you my can coins. donate. Uh, there's a bunch you can choose from. You can donate to AIDS research and uh, recovery, and uh, you can donate to like uh, starving people. Hold on, before I listen to my podcast, do I have to like fill out a survey or no. listen to an no. extra advertisement? Not an extra advertisement. You just Are they, download like, it unless you're your listening to Kinkcast after you've already downloaded Kinkcast. Okay, are they like are they like using my information and selling it off to a third party? Basically what uh, they do probably. is they have the podcast but at the same time below the podcast they'll have ads and that's where they generate revenue that they then pass on in coins to you. So it's like my iTunes podcast player except it's just got a little ad bar on it and if I can put up with that ad bar I will get points. Which yeah. you will because it's an audio medium anyways. I think this business is going places and I want to invest stock in this. It's pretty great. I think this is I think this is the next Bitcoin. Yeah, which is actually on the upswing right now. Uh, wh- but how uh, much how much Okay, so exp- explain to me the finance. This is a really fucking long ad. Well, we're in it now. So, how many pod coins would I have to have to buy a Bitcoin? Uh, a Bitcoin? I have no yes. idea. A fuck ton. How much is a Bitcoin worth? A Bitcoin's worth like a few grand, like $10,000. $10,000? Okay. So let me put in those numbers you gave me before the show. So you're telling me that Don't with only not. 10 million <laughs> points from this podcasting app, I could buy my very own Bitcoin to then spend on the dark web on psychedelics and human beings? Sure. You know you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin to buy a Bitcoin, right? I did not know that, actually. Yeah, you could buy pieces of a Bitcoin. Well, that's very good information to know because I didn't invest in Bitcoin because I didn't want to spend something like that. You grand. still can, and it's expected to double in the next year. That's well, that's, so inv- that's said, investing advice from Chris. You should definitely <laughs> check out PodCoin if you haven't already. We highly suggest it, and I use it regularly. Thank you for listening to PodCoin Cast. Don't also, forget. one other thing, we are a bonus podcast on PodCoin, so you get extra points if you listen to KingCast. How many extra points? Uh, I think it's... 50, what? I think it's like... No, I think it's 2.5 times. So yeah. something like one one millionth of a Bitcoin? Yes. So yeah. if I listen to a million episododes of King... Wait, do I get points by the hour or by the episode? By the, by hour. the 10 minutes. By the 10 every minutes? Every 10 minutes you get something. Yeah. So you get like two and a half coin, two and a half points every 10 minutes. If you're listening to our podcast. Wow. If it's still that way, it might be one and a half. That's thrilling. Anyway, this is ad's going to get it. No, it's not. You keep it every last it's goddamn it's sentence. It's a fucking 10 minute. It's a 15 minute ad. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'm this gonna, is third. I'm, I'm going to tell you about another thing that a show it's does. It's fifth of the show. I'm going to tell you about. So you, we can end it. Goodbye. Bye, audience. We're going to talk to him something in private. This is an intermission song. You got to give it on. I want to do da 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 Dana, you were saying. <coughs> Dana, you were you were saying before I started coughing so violently. Ooh, what was I saying?
You're saying that women are the consumers of this media. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so strange that, you know, over over the years, people have been outraged and, and uh, you know, thrown into a tizzy about all these different um, flurries of, of serial killers um, victimizing women. And at the same time, their stories being told in cinema and on TV and through podcasts and other mediums and especially, oh my gosh, true crime novels, right? Like a bunch of those, a lot of those are consumed by women. So it's well, kind of a strange, um, a strange situation that there are so many women's, so, women who are victims, but also women who are consumers. Because uh, my favorite murder actually did talk about this. Oh, good. Uh, in uh, that crossover episode with uh, that other podcast that will go on podcast on the left. Oh, okay. Why would you want? Why wouldn't you want to name that? I don't know. Uh, they uh, they did talk about why they thought that it was so heavily geared towards women, or not even geared towards women. Why women were the main fans of it, mm-hmm. uh, and it is that uh, women are mostly the targets of it, mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of like a way of uh, like taking it in is taking control of it so like if you're a woman you're much more likely to be the victim of you know a sex crime Mm -hmm. or uh, any sort of assault including most serial killers do go after women and so there's a fascination with essentially the the predator that sees you as the prey Mm-hmm. But that's that's how they looked at it. I think it's wrong to generalize too. Yeah. I, I think that first off, as much as we're shaming it, I, I'm not trying to shame it to say that it's not fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating, and I, I think a lot of women are interested in it purely because of that, yeah. from a psychological standpoint. And then, of course, there's also the empowerment angle of a woman in uh, familiarizing herself with this psychology as a way of identifying at men, so they don't become victims to it right like, and then there's fantasy too yeah and, th- and i think we're gonna get more into that in this episode of there's definitely people who are kind of sexually aroused by the idea of killing maybe because they were spanked as a child or maybe that's just what they grew up watching and it might be subconscious and it might be completely normal and it could be the fantasy element and that they put themselves in the situation to be like well what would i have done to get out it could be all of these things and which it could, could be none empowering. of them at mm-hmm. the same time one reason I'm really glad you're back today, Tommy, is because one thing that I was able to find in the research regarding why people um, are, you know, become, I don't, is that a word? Like just become um, less killers um, is because they're motivated not by sex, but by power. And you've had, I think, a few ta- discussions on this show already where you've kind of discussed. Um, What's the source on that? Psychology today. I mean, I, I agree with that, but to, to take the sex angle out of it. Well, I mean, it, it, it's the Oscar Wilde quote that I... I was about yeah, to say, what's your favorite quote that, that you that's, that's, <laughs> Like, there's nothing more to say than the Oscar Wilde quote. Right. So, I mean, that's that's that. Well, it's just... Well, it's, that's... Yeah, they see a lot of them, a lot of these serial killers, less killers especially, were sexually abused as children. Correct. And th- all had their own sort of trauma. It doesn't mean you ha- that's an excuse for anything. It's never an excuse. Trauma is never an excuse to keep extending trauma. Right. But. But it's true. Hurt people hurt people. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Cosby. I'm sorry. I had uh, to. That's the best way to think about it. But though. they, uh, I, I can't see this as like almost a way of taking back control in their head where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if their, their mom used to pinch their penis or something when they were little and like, oh, this is a way of, you know, getting back at their mom or whatever. Right. It's like. I'm going to take it out on all women. Right. It's, 
Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. The, the idea of a lust killing is, is very simple. It's the idea that someone wants as much power as possible within sex because sex is a power struggle. No matter how consensual it is, it's about giving away a certain amount of your own authority over your body to someone else. Mm -hmm. And it goes outside of gender roles. It goes outside of heteronormity. All sex is kind of just a thumb war. And there's going to be people who become sexually aroused at the idea of being the dominator. Mm -hmm. And we have gone over this time and time and time again. And these are the pieces of shit who can't put a cap on it. I, I think one of the more interesting questions that's posed a lot of times in true crime podcasts is they will look at someone from the 60s or the 70s or the 80s even, and they'll say, do you think this person would be a killer if they were just transported to today? Like, do you think that Jeffrey Dahmer would just be a a gay guy who just liked to hook up with, like, petite, uh, like, uh, what race was he murdering? Dahmer? Yeah. You've just said Portuguese, Filipino. He he just likes to fuck like little uh, petite Filipino boys, Mm -hmm. men, consensually. And he'd never feel the urge to kill if there wasn't society around him. Mm -hmm. So maybe if there wasn't so much of a stigma um, at the time, like about about homosexuality. There's still serial killers today, though. Of course. But my point is is that some of the more famous serial killers, and it's been presented this especially about the, uh, the, the gay serial killers, homosexual serial killers is that a lot of what drove them is having to get rid of the, the body. Mm-hmm. And that in some instances, it was not even necessarily a sense of lust killing. It was general lust. But I also kind of have to kill this person because this is a yeah, this they, is a male and I'm a male. They were so, yeah. so ashamed that they couldn't leave a witness. Who did they bring this up about with, uh, who is the, who's the OG serial killer? Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first boy. Ed Gein. Ed Gein, boy number one. I mean, it's that general idea of would Ed Gein just cross-dress and go out to bars and have fun right. if there wasn't a society around him that would treat him, treated him like a serial killer without even having killed anybody. Right, right. Already criminalizing the behavior that is considered, you know, uh, uh, not is not so stigmatized today as it was then. I do think they would still be serial killers because I think it's more than just hiding the body. Oh, I, I think they were so traumatized as usually so traumatized as children or have some mental issues that they would gravitate towards killing because I would make the argument that actually I would make the argument. No, I think that a, a huge part of the lust killer and the golden age, quote unquote, of the serial killer comes from the fact that so much of sexuality was stigmatized. And which is why now you see less serial killers, I would imagine. Are there less? Yeah, we we just don't just name them anymore. Now. We just don't know them. Now we, there's, well, now we have the mass shooter. Now there's mass shooters. And the there mass are shooters still, not jacking off to it. There are still serial killers, though. There are. There was one in Canada recently. Yeah, and he was doing it for the same reasons as back then. Well, he could come out as a homosexual, right? Yeah. And that was, yeah. It's crazy. And it's, it's, it's. Interesting to see how it's evolved since then. But Um, you make the argument, you wonder if the more alternative sexual lifestyles are accepted, if there's going to be less of that. Right. Well, one would hope. One would hope anything that would, like, decrease the amount of fatalities regarding this would be probably a good thing. Well, we know that America is extremely puritanical because it was a lot of times founded by puritans. But also ultra-violent at the same time. Yeah. So I'm wondering, obviously most serial killers are 
that we know of are American. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the most famous ones are. There's, you know, like Jack the Ripper and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah. Victorian yeah. England, also very puritanical. Yeah. So I, I do wonder about the statistics of serial killers overseas because it seems to me if the conceit is that uh, most of them were sexually repressed or that some of them were sexually repressed and that led to uh, lust killing, then wouldn't uh, these statistics show that there are less instances of lust killers over in like Europe, which is more sexually open at the time? It's just a hard thing to define, too. It's mm-hmm. hard to define what exactly is a lust killer, and it's hard to document serial killers themselves mm-hmm. just because I mean, that, that data is not really stratified in a way. A lot of police departments cover that information up, sure. and as I have said in a million serial killer conversations, there's like the five who we talk about all the time because they had a gimmick. Yeah. And then there's the five who killed just as many people that nobody talks about because it just wasn't in the right news circuit. I mean, there, there's much bigger killers than Gein. Yeah, he only that, killed like one or two people, right? Uh, Gein killed, he killed like five, I thought. Uh, it's like one he or was two. was still in single digits, but, but, but he was a serial killer. There are double digit killers who we don't know the names of because their stories are interesting. And then uh, well, yeah, there's that, that, uh, that serial killer in Houston that uh, they were about, based upon the bodies they found, they were about to uh, break the record for most most kills by a single person at the time. And uh, they just stopped digging for bodies because they didn't want to be the record. There's the candy man. Dean Kroll. Dean Kroll. Yeah. um, Police departments cover this stuff up. Sometimes just to catch the news media. And then as I've said, and will continue saying, the best serial killers were never caught. Mm -hmm. I mean, Eron. I don't think there's such thing as a best serial killer. Well, I use the term best. That kind of is the point. The most successful serial killers probably never caught. I mean, I don't don't know. Because it seems like if you're... A successful most serial killers that we know that are caught i guess we don't know many that are highly intelligent that wouldn't be caught it's not so much intelligence it's more of like an animal instinct but a lot of these guys they get caught because they get sloppy and they start getting lazy and they get depressed and then eventually they stop giving a shit and that gets them caught there are killers out there who like erons erons would have gone away quietly and never gotten caught had it not been for the dna uh kerfuffle well i think there are actually some that do realize that they have a problem and are hoping to get caught as well because i know that those exist as well one thing i was able to find also um that was talking about some studies that have been done uh regarding these kind of killers is that they usually require like specifically require skin-to-skin contact in their killings and often use a knife or strangulation to murder um and these are like thought through crimes so it's not like a um, I feel like a lot of the shootings and things that we see mass killers today are kind of more opportunistic rather than, I mean, th- I mean, they are planned, right? But like, they're not so visceral. It's not so much um, like, I want to feel the life go out of somebody yeah, as it is less like, intimate. I just want to mow down lots of yeah, people. Yeah. And there's also less of an escalation. Right. Well, I mean, if you brought down a uh, Wilhelmine, I, I do that too much, Wilhelmine, Wilhelmine, if you brought down a space okay. alien to Earth tomorrow and you showed him two people fucking and mm-hmm. then a man murdering a woman, if you've never seen people before, well, uh, think about this when you go to a, a zoo and you're like five years old. You think the monkeys are fighting. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. fucking and fighting don't look that different. They right. really don't. It's a lot of the same maneuvers. It really just comes down to the idea of blood, airflow, and consent. Right. I always used a stone cold stunner on all of my dates. 
<laughs> what? It's a wrestling move. Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin, Austin, I'm yeah. assuming. <laughs> so really what we know is that a lot of times they're highly organized in their crimes and normally fantasize extensively about murder um, long before they actually commit a crime, right? Um, well, they may John even, Wayne Gacy. Yeah. And they might rehearse it in their minds for years before actually yeah, there's doing al- anything. Yeah, there's almost always escalation where it's like, uh, I, I can't remember what they say on last start pod with like cats where they, they give themselves little permissions. Permissions, yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm going to pick up a hitchhiking girl because he's always fantasized about picking up a hitchhiking girl and murdering her. And then just drives her like somewhere, wherever she wants to go and lets her go. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I'm going to pick up a hitchhiking girl, except this time I'm going to have a knife with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do anything. I'm not even going to let her know that I have the knife. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, if you've never listened to the last podcast, and even if you're not that interested in true crime, I do think that there are two episodes on Ed Kemper are pretty great from just a like, psychology pop perspective because ed kemper the co-ed killer the co-ed killer ed kemper he goes in a lot into his thought process and i mean it's also he's the guy who went to the fbi to help him understand the brain of a he's, serial he's one of the wow. most talkative yeah serial killers that described he's the reason we have insight into serial killer psychology and while you, while you shouldn't generalize it's ed kemper is the most frightening to discuss because we have such intimate knowledge and he's also shameless. Yeah, but but like Bundy and the the Night Stalker Ramirez, like they they got like very like showy and they tried to make a performance. Mm-hmm. And so them being caught, they brought like the serial killer mythos out, and yeah. they started acting like they were in a movie. And they had girl minions, and there was lies, and there was drama and escape. And they were attractive, and they played it up on TV. Yeah. Kemper, Kemper is analytical, and like he got caught, and everyone got to go behind the curtains, and he talked very much, he talked in detail. But this is the same guy who stabbed a woman and was embarrassed by where he stabbed her. Oh, okay. And I mean, he gives a good understanding of how these people don't have a finite understanding of human relationships, be it communication or touch. And he didn't really put on like a performance. No. Yeah. He just he just wanted to fuck women and started killing them. Yeah, that's what I saw here. Um, he would even return to have sex with the abandoned and decomposing corpses of some of his victims too. Green River did that too. So there was there was an extra component of also like being into necrophilia, which yeah. is another thing that we are absolutely he, not a fan of on this show. I just really at the end of the day, I blame women for not being nicer to men, and if women would date nice guys instead of jerks. Maybe we wouldn't have so many serial killers. Tom, Tommy did a were, lot was, of research when for was, our Black Pill episode. I was really hoping you would choke as that last couple of words came out. I mean, you knew like, I was oh. joking. I yes, choked with laughter. Yes, yes. But I, I, there is a real serious point to that in, in the sense of we, when you look at people being black pilled or red pilled on the internet, mm-hmm. where they slowly start to lose faith in women to a point that they stop thinking of women as human beings. Right? How different is a serial killer? A lot of the sexuality. I mean, there are instances of people who had normal sex lives and end up becoming serial killers. A lot of times, it stems from sexual abuse and sexual uh, loneliness. But mm-hmm. those aren't lust killers. Which is- well, in a sense, they become attracted to dead bodies. Well, it says that, like, over time, lust killers become addicted to rape and murder, much like an addict becomes addicted to drugs. Generally, as they progress, either the time between their killings decreases or the amount of sexual stimulation they require increases, sometimes both of these. So they either need 
you know, to further the violence or to do it more, more often. I think it might also accelerate or decelerate the time between, uh, shorten the time between because they realize they've gotten away with it. Mm -hmm. So it took them so long to do it and then they got away with it. And so then it's like, oh, have I gotten away with it? And Mm -hmm. Like, I then, they, it out. then they just start getting bold, and it's like, I've gotten away with it twice, so I can keep getting away with it, which is why the time shortens. It's astoundingly easy to kill people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can murder a human being in two seconds with two pounds of pressure. It's, well, seven pounds of pressure, I think, is the minute. I mean, it's just not that hard to kill people. It does not make you a genius to figure yeah, something it's out. It's not that hard to kill people, and if you want to kill someone and just want to kill one person... If you do not know someone, you can get away with it. Oh, if you never kill another person, you just walk up to someone on the street, stab them like in broad daylight. Well, and I, I hate to you'll keep be fine. bringing in this subject where it does not belong. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I mean, especially you start looking into people of lower socioeconomic status who are older. I mean, if you or, or, or in an area that's less, less uh, uh, wealthy, mm-hmm. if you go to Highland Park tomorrow and you kill the two-year-old white girl, this would be a headline for two years. Yeah. If you went to Detroit in the middle of the woods and killed an old, very poor African-American woman, no one would ever even know. It would never even be investigated. And that, that fits in. So social hierarchy really does play a, a lot. Well, and financial hierarchy. Well, I think, a lot into this I think that well. plays a huge part in this. And, and that also fits in with the way that society celebrates these killers in that if you look at the hierarchy of them, with the mm-hmm. one exception of Dahmer, mm-hmm. it's a lot of white lady killers. Right. Right. Well, and I actually have a really interesting quote here from Jeffrey Dahmer himself, um, describing his motivations and how they changed over time. He says, lust played a big part in it, uh, the murders, control and lust. Once it happened the first time, it just seemed like it had control of my life from there on in. The killing was just a means to an end. That was the least satisfactory part. I didn't enjoy doing that. That's why I had to create living zombies with acid in the drill. I wanted to see if it was possible to make, again, it sounds really gross, uh, zombies, people that would not have a will of their own, but would follow my instructions without resistance. So after that, I started using the drilling technique. So basically creating people that would do exactly his will and he could exert control over them, but also could have sex with them as well. So it kind of like he made it almost methodical. Uh-huh. Well, it's also real dumb. Yeah, you, you can't make a zombie, human zombie like that. He semi succeeded. He just killed people. They lived like six days. I mean, I'm not giving him credit. Fuck him. He's mm-hmm. a piece of shit. Everyone, everyone's like, I feel so sorry for Dahmer. He was lonely. He was fucking murdering children. He's a very, very bad man. He mm-hmm. deserved. I usually reserve the death. He deserved to get fucking murdered in prison by a barbell. Fuck Jeffrey Dahmer. Um. <laughs> He got fucked by a barbell? No, he got murdered by a barbell. Oh. Oh. I think there's an urban legend that they fucked him with it, and that's not true, if I'm not mistaken. Weird you misheard that. Oh, Um, sorry. No, it's interesting. She read your mind. I what you were thinking. But but at the end of the day, Dahmer is kind of that odd duck as the the dude who tried to make living zombies. But you you see that what's probably common between him and a lot of lust killers Mm -hmm. is there is that need for intimacy. Because the reason he wants to keep them alive is not because he feels sorry for them or because he feels guilty about murder. Mm-hmm. My guess is, to pry inside of his head, the meaning of that quote is he wanted a warm body. Yeah. It's nothing more than temper. He just didn't want the rot. He right. wants to, I mean, you think about what murder is at its like deepest root. 
that Dahmer quote is so fucking evil. And people misread that and say, oh, Dahmer wasn't that bad. He didn't want, he wanted to strip people's wills away. Mm -hmm. Dahmer was looking for a way to destroy the soul so he could just have a body. And what is more endemic of the serial killer than that is no religious beauty, no archangel Dexter saving the world bullshit. It's someone who just wants to touch another person and they don't care about that person's soul, which makes them no different than a, a fucking rapist on the street or, or a red pill asshole who thinks that uh, women should be punished for not talking to nice guys. Right. Very proud of how I put that together. That, would that, be very that good. came out very well. <laughs> and I agree with you on a lot of that because, I mean, it's taking away a person's personhood. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't know. I just this is such a a complicated topic to talk about as considering, I mean, it is in fact a fetish. It is in fact, um, uh, a, a sexual, uh, turn on for some of these people to, you know, sexually assault someone or, or rape them and then kill them. And this is not just, um, done by men. There are some women lust murderers too. There are, there, there's two that come to mind. There's chainsaw lady and then Eileen Warnos. Uh-huh. Eileen Warnos wasn't was, yeah. sexually excited by it. Yeah, she yeah. was just doing it out of convenience. And then the oh. Chainsaw Lady, what's her name? Uh, chainsaw Lady, like, murdered someone. She's the one who said she... And she was like, I got wet while killing him. Yeah. And so, like, she said that quote, and so it's in a bunch of true crime stuff. I, yeah. I have not seen the panties. I have not <laughs> seen the scientific evidence to study the, the chronology of the moistness of her panties. Yeah. Because she, she could also... Just to just, said that. Yeah, she could just be playing a part like yeah. a lot Let of these serial up. killers. Yeah. I'm not trying to be sexist. I, I I, I, know there are many women out there who are sexually excited by BDSM and being dominant. Mm-hmm. I don't know and cannot think of the top of my head any woman who was like an actual equivalent to Bundy right. or to Ramirez. An actual woman who was so sexually aroused by the idea of murdering people mm-hmm. that she went on a spree. Eileen Wuornos was just kind of methy and liked to kill, but it was kind of a financial thing. Yeah, yeah. She was a like a black widow. Oh, okay. Isn't there a movie about her? Yeah, Charlie is there on. Okay, I need to see that sometime. <laughs> I heard it's a little bit. Uh, it like, paints her in a nice light. Oh, yeah, it kind of glorifies her. Well, it's it's just yeah. I, I this is an interesting topic. It's I mean, definitely you something. Get Charlie's there to play anyone. It's gonna right. It's just like getting. Zach Efron to play Bundy. Well, right? to be fair, they did not ugly down Zach Efron. Yeah, they did ugly down Charlie's Theron or try. They oh. did. They succeeded. They succeeded. They made her pretty ugly, but <laughs> Zach Efron, they were just like, "Yeah, get out there, pretty boy." Yeah. I watch a. I've watched some interviews with, with uh, Eileen Warnos. She's a she's a firecracker. She's a fun one to make fun of. Oh man. Which I will not apologize for because she's a killer. Oh. Sorry. It's. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, we, we talk about on this show a lot how the way that fetishes develop, because mm-hmm. that that's such an interesting phenomenon itself. When you talk about someone being into something weird or sexually aroused by something that's not normal, and a lot of times if that's put into conflict, like you imagine someone who's found with a weird pornography collection, like bestiality, or something completely normal, like mm-hmm. a... Like a Someone who's found out to have anime pornography. It's mm-hmm. like, how? What the fuck's wrong with you? How the fuck did you get into this? And there's no explanation for that. It, it, it's it's this weird express train in the brain of of the early mind, or even sometimes a later developed mind, 
will it'll cross with something and there's no stopping that trajectory and usually it just becomes something either offbeat or a nice part of their life mm-hmm. i can explain how people get into hentai uh, they <laughs> were just watching it for the plot originally and then oh we've no, talked about this i mean i i think that uh, a lot of people get into hentai because their parents just see like oh it's a cartoon here watch whatever and then like some anime is very sexually explicit i'm not talking about hentai in particular, I'm talking about Chris, se- sexually explicit. Chris, you think or you you know? <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking about sexually explicit anime, like stuff that they would have on like Adult Swim. No, I know what you're talking about. And then like that's just you know a hop, skip, and a jump, as mm-hmm. they say in the south. Uh, just to to hentai. Well, and the synapses that fire together like are wired together. Yeah. So like all, me and my all of my little rhyming. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think know. that's just a thing where like parents are like, oh, they just put some like anime on at night for the kids. Who gives a shit? Let them watch it. And then it's like, oh, they're anime. But, but it, it runs away and it runs away fast is my point. And when I walk away from that saying is mm-hmm. you can wake up one morning and find out that like suddenly you just have a thing for feet. And it's up to you as the individual to be respectful of other human beings and not, I don't know, go into a girl's live stream and demand pictures of her feet or to walk up to random women at bars and just offer them cash to lick their feet. But like you could be into feet and there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to like have fucking patience, self-control and respect other people's boundaries. And this is no different. These are people waking up and realizing that they're sexually attracted by blood Mm -hmm. or they're sexually attracted by choking. Or they're sexually attracted just to people and no one likes them and they don't have patience. Right. That's all the serial killer is, is someone without patience. Well, and self-control. And self-control. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really interesting the way that the, the psychology of it all kind of builds into this perfect storm of somebody like actually going through with like raping and murdering or torturing and then killing somebody. So, um it's it's an unfortunate um, world that we live in that this happens and still happens, but hopefully less so now. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. We won't know until, you know, 10 years down the line, if even then. I mean, there's so many missing people. You have to remember population goes up so much. And yeah. if, you, if you just look into how many people go missing, especially children... I to get even slightly off top. Well, well no, it fits mo- in with lust killers. Ninety percent of children that go missing have been abducted by a family member. That ten percent still a huge fucking amount of kids, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of them never turn back up again. You want to talk about lust killers? I I, I hesitate to get into this because it does get semi political. But yeah. the human sex trade might be where the whole serial killer thing went. Is yeah. this went from being a there's one weird guy in every town who thinks about it. And in every hundred hundredth town, there's a guy who actually acts on it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of an underground economy. Human trafficking. Of who wants to own people and abuse people and dispose of people. And mm-hmm. it's nothing short of ignorant to pretend like that's not... We, 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 that's we, not happening. We yeah. live in the town we live in, the three of us. This is one of the human trafficking hubs of the fucking planet. Yeah. There is a that gas is- station that is about 20 minutes north of us that is like... That's the home base operation for sex trafficking in the United States. Yep. yep. I know a lot of people that actually work in, in uh, groups in, in like not-for-profits that are trying to help people in the area get out of sex trafficking. And I mean, just like how there's a corner store that like 
sells taquitos on the street. And then there's also like a fancy fine dining place mm-hmm. owned by a celebrity chef. The sex trafficking businesses range from a guy in his shitty van renting one child and giving it to another like weird pervert in trailer park to black tie private jet corporate retreat type shit. And I mean, these are the, this is the modern serial killer. The modern serial killer is an underground fucking cockroach who's running a business that makes more money than drugs. Everyone listening and everyone in this room has either or knows someone who has bought an illegal drug. The the amount of marijuana that goes through this country is fucking colossal. Mm -hmm. And there's as much money, if not more, in human trafficking than there is in marijuana. This is a billion dollar industry run by Jeffrey Dahmer's, run by fucking Ted Bundy's and Richard Ramirez's. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I wouldn't have really put together with I this. I think it connects right into it. Yeah, it's just, it does. It's, it's just the lonely people. They want to go and touch someone. And they don't have that patience. and Just buy somebody. Buy somebody. Thoughts? That's why prostitution should be made legal. Absolutely. <laughs> One thousand fucking percent. Absolutely. Empower oh my gosh. sex workers. Gotta get out from under the thumb of the pants. Yeah, well, and also get out from the shame and the stigma of... <laughs> of you know that that kind of work. I did not know that. Uh, that was Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So Dallas Fort Worth. The quick aside on that is mm-hmm. uh, the big reason is thirty five, and one of the reasons that Denton is one of the biggest hubs is because it's where thirty five uh, splits with mm-hmm. two, two different highways. But thirty five itself is like the modern day underground railroad, except instead of being good and Harriet Tubman, it's bad and sex slaves because thirty five runs from the Mexican border to the Canadian border which makes it very important for transporting human beings. And I'd also imagine that DFW uh, being uh, one of the most active international airports in the world is a, a plus for them. Without naming locations, I had a friend of mine who was a journalist who had mm-hmm. abandoned a story because it became too dangerous. But they were following a story from an escaped uh, sex worker, someone who'd been transported there illegally and was being held in captivity, escaped, mm-hmm. and they were making a story about it before starting threats. Yeah. And they actually spoke about a location that's not too far away from us that is like the major hub that is mm-hmm. where like the trades are happening. Oh my and gosh. And I've been there and it kind of makes sense. And that's awful because at that point, if somebody's been like, I don't know, sold into human trafficking, they probably, like their families have probably stopped looking for them. Oh, absolutely. If their families weren't the ones that sold them in, right? I mean, uh, as I alluded to earlier with there being different economic levels of human trafficking, there's different businesses in human trafficking too. Because you have to remember this does encompass, you know, genuine slave labor, which still exists in a very different form than it did. But there are, I would imagine, uh, illegal Asian immigrants in in, uh, New York right now Mm -hmm. who would be classified as human trafficking victims. Oh, sure. Sweatshops. Isn't isn't a lot of... uh, Aren't a lot of uh, sex trafficked people uh, illegal immigrants from Mexico? A lot of times, yeah. not always. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I a lot of. I mean, there's also going to be people who are abducted at a young age, and you're also going to have runaways. I mean, the world is flush with 15 year olds who the parents have given up on, and they run away, and they end up in drug dens. And some drug dens are ICP clown posse's. And some are, you know, cool punks who do heroin. And some are going to sell you into a shady business that they run off the uh, dark web. I know a lot of the few times that I would. Oh, good. One of the few times I would willingly go to ICP. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know a lot of the ones that are, you know, 
basically uh, human human trafficking in DFW. Um, a lot of them are um, those that have some kind of drug addiction already and oh, yeah. are basically like, okay, you owe us money. You're going to go to this strip club and you're going to service people out of this strip club. Um, not only dancing, but doing other things as well, like after hours or whatever, to basically pay us back for your drug addiction. Well, and we, then they keep them in that loop. You want to hear something I mean, incredibly fucked up is the dream that Jeffrey Dahmer had and failed at mm-hmm. has been perfected and succeeded by, uh, uh, by companies. There are, there are people, and when I say it, you imagine like a sci-fi setting where it's like, a pristine underground raccoon city laboratory. It's mm-hmm. not like that. It's in shitty apartments and mm-hmm. it's in shitty hotels, but there are drug cocktails that have been designed and are utilized by billion dollar criminal organizations to make zombies, mm-hmm. sex zombies, Jeffrey Dahmer's dream. They market them. They come in plastic fucking boxes like a child's play doll. It's mm-hmm. a real fucking thing. And like you mentioned where it's people who end up becoming strippers or who end up becoming sex workers in some mm-hmm. fashion or another because they had a debt, mm-hmm. they will be hooked onto a drug that slowly turns them into a non-person. Yeah. And, and I believe yeah. it's a it's a combination of opioids and some other stuff. It's not remarkable. It's not, you know, Judge yeah. Dredd with a magic green drug you've never heard of. It, it is a combination of like Xanax and other opiates. Yeah. But they Uppers keep people. And downers and up and, yeah. you, you hear stories about bus on shitty motels in parts of town where they keep women on like a, a semi-conscious state, like yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer's fuck dolls. Yep. It's really sad. And it's sad that that's kind of the world we live in. And it happens right under our very noses. Um, but I think this would be a good time to maybe think about where we would put this. I mean, this is obviously a five, but is there any other final notes? It's interesting to look at how this changed shape. And a lot of times when folks talk about the serial killer, the discussion is, oh, well, there used to be serial killers. There's not so much anymore. Now we have spree shooters. And I don't think that the two are interlinked whatsoever, especially when it comes to lust. Spree shooters are filling that void of people who are violent and want to watch the world burn. And there were serial killers who were like that, I suppose. But the majority of serial killers were sexual in some way. Mm-hmm. And that sexual deviancy transformed into a way where now non-violent and consens- consensual sexual deviancy is becoming more and more accepted mm-hmm. as it should be to where I, I actually will stand by the idea that a lot of our classic serial killers would have just been into a weird kink or fetish. And had they been in a, like a nice city that would have accepted it, and if they could have accepted it in themselves mm-hmm. and just said, fuck you, mom and dad, I'm into small Filipino men. Yeah. I, I don't know. I would hope so. I like the optimism. <laughs> I like your optimism. Well, I think it's also, I do think it's a result of the time where it's, I mean, kids are still abused by their parents today, right. but uh, at the time it was you know, more accepting to have corporal punishment. And so now we look at it, corporal punishment's bad. Back then it's like corporal punishment's fine, but what this dude is doing is bad to his kids. So I think we're like two steps removed. So I do think it's less likely for a serial killer to be produced, but not necessarily. You mean a lust murderer? Yeah, a lust murderer to be produced, but not necessarily because they are more accepted, just because they have less uh, sexual abuse as a child. That's Mm -hmm. not to say it doesn't happen today. It still does happen today. I'm just basing this based upon public perception of corporal punishment that is probably less accepted today. Because 
again, we're a few steps removed from that. This is a heavy, heavy topic. I'm really glad that we can dive into this because this is something I've been like wanting to discuss, but also like hesitant to discuss because it is something that's so it's a, it's a, it's a, like I said, a perfect storm of a bunch of different elements kind of culminating in one. I think it's important because so much of American culture focuses on monsters from another era Mm -hmm. and to a point where everyone knows Jeffrey Dahmer's name and no one knows Jeffrey Epstein's name. Mm -hmm. And Jeffrey Epstein is looked at like, you might as well be talking about Flat Earth when you bring him up. Mm-hmm. Which well, yeah, he wasn't even given jail time. Yeah, he went, well. This was the dude who was enslaving, well, not enslaving. He was uh, bribing fourteen-year-old girls to be his personal prostitutes, wow. and was bustling around with a lot of big-name celebrities of both uh, conservative and liberal politics. So he had a private jet with fourteen-year-old sex slaves. He got busted, and they cut him a plea deal where he had to uh, have. He had to go to like a prison as his personal office for like <sighs> 40 hours a week. And he was never brought to any justice. This dude is like best friends with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. And was and busted his, for... Uh, the lawyer that got him off was nominated for like a head of some Medal department. Of or something? Oh, no, yeah. Uh, Donald Trump nominated him for a, like a cabinet position or some shit. The, lo- the lawyer who, not a good, who got him off, not right. Jeffrey Epstein himself. Right. But... Uh, it's important to discuss these things so that hopefully we can develop further mm-hmm. because a simple discussion on serial killers and their psychology, it feels like you're discussing something foregone. Right. You're talking about this other era when in reality, it's just something that's changed shape so much and it has become unrecognizable and needs to be acknowledged because it is happening on a mass scale now. It as- evolves and becomes more complex as we do. Yes. As our culture does. Um, it's better that, at hiding. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it's relegated to the people who have special access or special VIP kind of um, people that can help them cover up the fact that this still happens. Well, and at the end of the day, no matter what, a lot of it just comes back to wealth disparity. Yeah. It comes back to the fact that, you know, we live in this highly politicized era now to where if you start talking about how oh, uh, the media is biased, you can't say that anymore because now if you say that you're a conservative loon or you're a liberal loon, if you say you can't trust CNN, say, oh, you, you're, a, you're a Fox tard. You don't matter. If you say you can't trust Fox, they say you're a CNN tard, mm-hmm. which is further like through this bilateral attack. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about obscure stories anymore, which is where a lot of the worst evil lies. Right. And that those depend on wealth disparity. This shit happens to black people, to poor people. To other minorities with dark skin, mm-hmm. to people who are, are uh, somewhat mentally challenged in some capacity, mm-hmm. to people who uh, have, have committed some small crime that makes them unworthy. And these people can be tossed around and fucking murdered and sliced up and turned into modern slaves and used as drug deals. And nobody cares. Right. Because all have... anyone wants to talk about is how Donnie's shoes don't fit right. Yeah, it's because <laughs> they have no power and they have no recourse. Well, and I think that's part of the conversation that's starting to happen now. A lot of people are starting to speak out about this stuff and they're starting, starting to uh, form movements and, 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 you know, I don't know, move towards change. Um, hopefully that's something that we'll see in our lifetimes. Hopefully. I, I think that uh, one of the greatest things that could happen to this country outside of either politics mm-hmm. is the de-stigma, de-stigmatization? Uh, de-stigmatization. de-stigmatization of sex work. 
where it's an understanding that that is just a result of society. It's not going anywhere. And that if we have decriminalization. And and, and I think decriminalization of marijuana as well. I Mm -hmm. I, I can't go for the full decrim on like Coke and meth and shit. But uh, if you decriminalize marijuana, you get rid of a lot of like, that's kind of the French fries of the human trafficking industry. Like that's a way you can make quick cash. Legalize, decriminalize. I would say fully legalize. Okay. Well, I would say you should decriminalize all drugs. I would say decriminalize all drugs, legalize marijuana yeah. so that it can be a market. And then I would say legalize prostitution in yes. all forms. Yeah. Uh, and when there's checks and balances for this shit and there's unions and there's employees who are under cameras. But unions yeah. bad. Unions bad? Unions bad. Uh, unions are bad. All right. Unions you, are bad, you've never, you've never worked at a job before? They've never had you do the whole... I'm self-employed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm my own union. The first job I ever had, they... Uh, our orientation they made us watch a video that was about how uh, unions were the worst things ever i i literally sat at the back and laughed and said what are they gonna tell us that unions murder babies now (laughs) and then they almost did really yeah they were like they were like it's so bad that sometimes women have miscarried from unions it's like Fuck Shit. you. Uh, Fuck you. At, at any rate. These must be pr- the same videos produced by like the abstinence only sex ed people. No, it's produced by uh, corporations and billionaires to make sure that. Uh, to calm the masses. To Well, to make sure that the masses distrust each other. Yes, oh, I love okay. how corporate so the- America functions in the sense that there's some poor guy who has to unclog the toilets and cook the French fries and he doesn't make a living wage. And then they pay $120,000 to an executive to write a binder full of uh, for examples of how to smile at customers. Yeah. Yeah. And tell him that anyone who attempts to help him is actually trying to steal from him. Bum, bum, bum. Secrets and lies and backstabbing and more on this episode. Wait, uh, is our discussion <laughs> on serial killers uh, drifting into the they're not the true monsters, all human beings are just fucking monsters in the all, way that we organize our power structures? Humans. Yeah. Or serial killers just became billionaires. Yeah, so uh, let's let's go with a real quick... What did we learn today? Uh, we don't do this segment anymore. <laughs> no, we don't do this anymore? <laughs> I, Keep an eye out for people I think people we stopped doing cats. that before you left. Yeah. No. It, you just have to teach people to respect the wishes of others. And that mm-hmm. is going to include both your, um, both your politics and your personal relationships. That's how you make the, the planet a better place. Mm-hmm. I learned that Dallas is darker than I thought. It is. Well, in Denton specifically. Denton, Texas is a really big hub for it. Yeah, that's where the split is. Yeah. 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 And if you or somebody you know is kind of like expressed interest in like hurting people, get them to some therapists. Or if they have difficulty seeing the difference. We've covered hardcore BDSM. We have. In the same show, we've talked about people who have literal Mm bloodlust and we've said, yeah, that's okay in the right circumstances. Right. So we don't say that lightly. If someone has trouble with consent, which is, that's that's the big one. That's the big thing that's on top of our pyramid, mm-hmm. is if you have trouble with the idea of consent or know someone who's having trouble with the idea of consent or is sexually aroused by the idea of violating that outside of playtime, mm-hmm. that's when you should be concerned. Yeah, which also would help with, or uh, decriminalization or legalization, rather, of uh, prostitution would help with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would make, you know, it would give people an outlet who have those kind of urges mm-hmm. to go and be like, okay, well, I can go to a, a kinky, yeah. a kinky uh, 
what yeah i'll go to a bunny house or uh they're called uh brothel right i can go to and i don't think there's anything immoral about that no i think that there are people who would enjoy having that job they'd be performers while it's not the greatest job in the world Mm -hmm. i'm sure that if if prostitution was legal tomorrow and you were going to go to work as a sub at a like kinky brothel where there was like a referee and like safe words and all that shit you would make seven figures i think you would i think that person would make seven figures yeah yeah with lots of cameras lots Lots and lots of cameras cameras. all right well i think that pretty much wraps up episode 92 i can't believe we've made it this far already oh my god is it 92 93 92 how many did i miss uh like eight I don't know. You were out. Maybe more than that. I was in exploring Europe. Exploring everything. Diving yeah. with the sharks. Episode 92. All the bronies in Iraq. Running with the bulls. Well, thanks so much for discussing this, you guys. This is a really interesting one. Let's get into politics. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is a pedophile who wants to fuck his own daughter. Uh, it is such satisfying to combine those four words. It's to just to just like say truth to power. I mean, it hasn't been proven. I'm pretty sure of it though. And just to say Donald Trump is a pedophile. Satire, satire, satire. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of Oh, re- that's five words. I'm, I'm dumb dumb. I know a lot of Republican men who are older who refer to their daughters as sexy. It's weird. It's an old Southern thing. Or it's a Tony Soprano thing yeah. too. And I've heard one refer to his daughter as like, oh, she's of higher breeding. There was I don't a, know if that ew. means breeding or if that just means like she's of I a paid, pedigree. I paid well for that woman. Yeah, I don't know. Gross. But it's kind of gross. Uh, Anyways. There was a uh, Republican senator that just uh, came out that he was using campaign funds to uh, keep aloft his five other families. Jesus Holy Christ. smokes. How do you balance two? How do you balance one? Yeah, that's good. Oh, point. wait, I, I know how. You use campaign finances. Yeah. Also, how do they not realize that? Like, you're a senator. One day a week, I guess? But how do the rest not, not realize well, that? Well, the there has to be the one wife who's in like the, all the photos, and then there's the four other wives. That Jesus. are just accepting of it? I guess. Mm-hmm. One of those quote-unquote families just has to be like a woman he knocked up, and he like just slides cash under her drawer, under yeah. her door. What's well, next? I mean, he probably forced her to have an abortion. No, no, they're they getting more serious about that. They they have to mean it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll definitely have to join in for next week's episode. Um, are we going to be doing another astrological related yeah, one? We've got twenty four episodes on that. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Well, we're doing another episode <laughs> on uh, cancer female, right? Yep. And then, of course, we'll get back to um, some of our other ones as well. So fantastic. It's the Simpsons, Simpsons bit when uh, Lunch Lady Doris is putting uh, gym mats into the, like the the meatloaf to fill it out. No. <laughs> gym mats are more filling. Hey, people like that episode, like those episodes. I think they're the pretty whole, interesting. Half you, a year worth. You should have, you should have definitely listened to our Cancer Man one. Have you done a Scorpio mail yet? Not yet. We're getting we're doing to it, you. We're doing it by a uh, month. Okay. We're getting oh, to that you. makes sense. Uh, so you'll so, get to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily believe in astrology, but Dana, we don't either. I am absolutely a Scorpio. I we don't even fascinated. Except Dana started an argument at a bar. Over I it. did. I started an argument at a bar. Uh, and I actually like uh, talked to the bartender and I was like, so tell me what your thoughts are about astrology. And she was like, oh, yeah, I totally believe it. And then we asked she, some other she guys. She had her 
sign tattooed on her. Whoa. I didn't realize that until we'd already talked to her and she was like, yeah, look at my sign. It's right here. And I was like, whoa. And then we talked to two other guys because Chris was like, oh, yeah, most women are probably more more spiritually connected than a lot of men are. Statistically, it's true. Statistically, Women sure. are more likely to believe in ghosts. Yes. Right. I do. And we talked to two guys on our way out and we posed the same kind of questions to them. And both of our responses that we got from them were completely almost incoherent. Like we don't even know what they were talking about. The guys started arguing with me that statistics weren't real. Yeah. And the other guy was talking to me about like anything a man can do, a woman do can do as well. Like equality. Started singing Annie Oakley. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I'm just like, um, okay. All right. That's not what I asked you about, but that's fine. I just were, I just was trying to walk out the door. That's what I get for pulling the crowd. Uh, yeah, this is why, again, I don't speak to strangers at bars. I, The last time I tried doing that, I think I almost got hit. So I just don't. Oh, really? I like to. The other night, Dana and I were at a bar, and uh, I just was grabbing the people who were sitting by themselves and dragging them over and being like, come! You want to read? I was the Pied Piper of drunk men. That yeah, night. we were reading um, uh, steampunk erotica. That we found. Allowed yeah, that we found on the uh, bar tracks. Back when I used fantastic. to drink too much, I would go to a bar and just look sad. Mm-hmm. And then... You pr- I probably would have tried to rope you over. But, but like, I kept getting progressively sadder and sadder because I'd go out, get hammered, and be with nobody. And then, towards the ending of it, people started coming up to me and being like, Hey, are you okay? And then I would say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just waiting on someone. And then they'd leave. And that's when I realized mm-hmm. they needed to stop doing that. Yeah. So if you want to take any advice from me, don't go get hammered by yourself and expect to have a good night, especially if you're already depressed. No, it, it's rare that I will be out and be in a mood where I'm just like, I can make friends. You come to me. Yeah, <laughs> no, had a good that's... time. Both times, I argue. I don't know if Chris had a good time. The, the second time, not so much. Yeah. The first time, I don't remember. Well, can't say <laughs> Are we going drinks right now? Post post Kinkcast drinks? I'm fine. I, drink I, don't, I don't have to work. I would love to. Holy shit. Would we it, or if I come back we should have a post uh, special fans only it should be called Drink Cast. <gasps> drink cast. Just get drink. to know your favorite. Granted, I don't But Tommy doesn't drink. Host. I'll have water. Yeah, we all need to have water. It's hot out there. Just uh, stupid hot in here. It is always stupid hot in here. Luckily, the new studio will be much cooler. I've already been to it. Uh, I would give uh, Lust Murder a five on the FDI. Thank you. Dana, what's the product corner? Oh, we have nothing in the product corner except for a fantastic book I found, which Uh, I wish I had had time to read. Actually, uh, you can buy plastic sheets at... Home Depot. I uh, there's Don't this there's dare. this cool chick on Etsy, and she makes cute little cartoons. Don't make of, fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. That's real research I do on. I'm Etsy. not making fun of you. I'm making fun of the people who like that make shitty like aren't serial killers cute. I love them. I'm gonna make a little yarn doll of Jeffrey Dahmer or uh, those uh, that uh, hentai genre that's all about like killing people and fucking their dead bodies like vor no vor's the one where you eat eating people. people there's there's one where it's like people who die while fucking oh like they're fucked to death and like their organs explode oh that's a thing i saw that that was in um that movie um uh there will be blood no it was in that never movie. seen it i just assumed the, the, oh, what's the one that we had to watch with one time with the guy with the super hairy chest and the girl that like fly, flows around in space. Super. Barbarella. Barbarella. That happens in Barbarella. They put her in a sex organ, which is really an actual musical instrument that pleasures her until she's going to die. But yeah, she but is she such a magic pussy that yeah. she fucks it to death. Yeah. yeah, she does. 
Anyways, if you're interested in more information, I did find a book. The only thing that's disconcerting about this book is that part of the title is in Comic Sans. Oh. But it is called Serial Killers <laughs> Understanding Lust Murder by Philip C. Sean. S H O N. Is it self published? Excuse me, could you spell Sean again? Sean. Whoa! That's ugly. <laughs> Wait, which part of that skin's Comic Sans? Understanding. No, that's that's, a, that's called like a that's the, the that's, Apple equivalent to it. That's called like a my first baby's book or something. I don't know, but it looked like Comic Sans for half a second, and I was like, ooh. So, anyways. Oh, there's a quote. Oh, it's from... also written. You didn't. You left off the co-author. <laughs> Dragon, Dragon Milovanovich. I'm the nah. most cold-blooded son of a bitch you'll ever meet. I just love to kill. That's Ted Bundy's review of the book. Oh. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. Poets write poems. They don't sing Dr. H.H. H. Holmes. And then there's a quote from Eileen Warnos. And she oh, says, it. it's, it's her quote about coming back on the 4th of July, an army of angels and a UFO. No, it is that quote. Holy shit. I was saying, I didn't read the quote. I just thought that. And then that's the actual quote. I just like to say that I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie, big mother ship and all. I'll be back. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So uh, oh uh, apparently not June 6th this year. <laughs> no. Uh, I can only hope that Eileen Warnos is riding one of the horses of the apocalypse. I would applaud. Oh, she said she was going to be on a rock. Uh... I haven't seen it. Yeah. I, I realize it's metaphorical. It's a, the, the horse is kind of like a rock. I have nothing more to say. A rocky horse? Well, this was fantastic. Thank what you so much for rejoining. What fun this was for rejoining. classic King Cast. Yes. So, King Cast. thank y'all for listening. As uh, always, if you would like to contact us, you can on Twitter. We've uh, been getting a lot of attention on Twitter We recently. love it. Uh, Tommy revoked his uh, offer of mozzarella sticks, as has been pointed out by many listeners on Twitter. That have all wanted mozzarella sticks. I thought I gave them to someone. Didn't someone win them? Didn't I give you money for that? No. Well, the you, you one said, person did it first, and I owe them mozzarella sticks. I think no, an intern you, ate them. You, you oh. uh, on one episode, like eight episodes after you did it, uh, after you kept bringing it up, you were like, oh, no one's responded by now, so I'm just taking it away. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I've, I've, although the gifts that have come out of that on Twitter are fantastic. Yeah. For some reason, Mozzarella Sticks, the Twitter account for Mozzarella Sticks likes us. Yeah. Don't know why. Uh, And then... uh, Can we get free Mozzarella Sticks out of that? Is it official? I don't think so. That'd be really cool. I mean, well, when you say Mozzarella Sticks, is it like a company called Mozzarella Sticks Incorporated? No, it's just just at Mozzarella Sticks. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, follow us on Twitter at KingCastPodcast. Uh, If you'd like to email us, uh, and uh, maybe we'll read some emails out on the podcast if you do, uh, you can do that at kingcastpodcast at gmail.com. And then uh, go ahead and follow us on Facebook. I guess we should plug that more often because everyone in the world and their mom is on Facebook. I deleted my Facebook. I changed my name and bleached all my pictures. Yes, Tommy did. Uh, But uh, everyone's on that, so... uh, it would be uh, a better place for us to reach out to people. Delete your Facebook. Do drugs. Protest against the government. <laughs> destroy the two-party system. But if you're not going to delete your Facebook, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at KingCast Podcast, whatever, Facebook.com. Right. KingCast Podcast. Murder the corporations. Don't touch me, I'm a real live wire.